Yeah. And a lot of people that have been on the show tell me they haven't listened to their episodes. Cause, oh, really? Yeah, because they're shy they're about like, oh, it. okay. <laughs> and I'm like, how it is. I made you sound so good, man. I took all the ums and uhs out. That's awesome. You have a great voice for podcasting, honestly. I was like really impressed. Thank you. Is this the yeah. first time you hear it or have you checked out the show? No, I've, I've checked out your show. I was actually um, the other day listening to your episodes about, what was it, the Atomic Age? Oh my God, you got into the nerd shit. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going through all the titles and it's all, there's like a lot of stuff that I should jump into and like listen to the conversations you have because I think it's like a... Congrats on a great idea for a podcast. I think Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the most brilliant part is that I do all the all I do is book people, and they they do all the work. That's, <laughs> I think, but also it's like being a good conversationalist and asking good questions is hard. So. Oh, thank I you. Awesome. I, I, yeah, I, you. All right. You didn't let yeah. me deflect the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all yeah. right. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is Maya Anderson. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I always mess them up. So I'm, <laughs> even when I feel like I got them right, I'm always like, I know I didn't. Um, it's all good. So... Um, I know you through Instagram, and you live in L.A., correct? Yep, yep, live in Los Angeles. And one of the things that I, uh, I recently met someone new on Tinder, and like I realized that when you live in isolation and quarantine, there's very little to talk to somebody about because mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. your life isn't yeah. like changing very much. What's been yeah. happening with you? Anything going on? Well, the world's changing a ton, but yeah. then, um, yeah, what's interesting is, and I think that's, what's so interesting about this time is we're watching the world change so much, but then we're stuck in place almost. Oh my God. Um, I'm having like know. rage fits. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's understandable. Me too. Yeah. You, I think you've seen some of them on my Instagram. But hey, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been so. And that's the thing off. too. It's it's. I'm usually not so engaged with social media, but now it's. Uh, you know, I was kind of um, resisting that that urge to kind of just scream into the void, but uh, not for long. I couldn't hold it off forever. Yeah. So, well, yeah. what triggered me yesterday was just seeing so many people that I respect, like pushing a 40 year old line at my age, uh, which yeah, is the idea of like. Vote for the lesser of two evils, and it's just like, mm -hmm. yo, you're not mm -hmm. even stating the facts correctly. Like the premise is yeah. flawed. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, so I, have I you agree. been? Sorry, I, I totally agree. Yeah. So have you been uh, making it out to any like protests and stuff? Like, how are you surviving the insanity? Yeah, actually, I didn't go to any of the protests, but um, I've only been to one, so I didn't mean to like. <laughs> flex yeah, on you no, by no. asking you that question no no <laughs> it's interesting that uh, you know I in the past have been very active with protests I, I've gone to you know before the quarantine I was going to yeah. pretty much anyone I could make it to like um especially the marches for science and um anything that's local I mean Breitbart has their headquarters like up the street from where I live so oh really uh, been over there a few times yeah what neighborhood it's, it's pretty is that sickening. um Brentwood. It's like a oh, okay. few blocks from Wilshire. Yeah. So it's like right on the line. But um, that's a good place for yeah. Breitbart to be. 
I imagine Sorry? that's a, that's an interesting. I just never thought where Breitbart is. Is it like a big building, I know, right? or is it like just? Like... It, it is. It's actually very. Um, it's pretty inconspicuous, but it is a big building. They don't have you know a sign outside or anything like that. You wouldn't know unless you go into the lobby. But um, mm. what is the? I could look up the address. It's like one. No, it's one, okay. Uh, I mean, nine, I don't nine. think anyone's really even going to know what Brentwood is if they're not in LA. Um, hey, yeah. uh, but it's not really a real neighborhood, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long have you been in Brentwood? Um, a few, a couple years. Uh, I was in Venice before this, and of course San Francisco um, before that. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting place to live. Like I I don't spend much time here until I was in quarantine. Yeah. Because um, I work, you know, I work in Venice. I work downtown i worked um places in the west side beverly hills but yeah um yeah it's it's not necessarily a community but you know you start to meet people who are very surprisingly like-minded and i'm like oh wow like holy crap (laughs) i wouldn't have expected that in uh around here but yeah so it's i think i need to be a little bit more open-minded probably well i think the nice thing about a neighborhood like brentwood is that it's not going to get gentrified (laughs) <laughs> it's already exactly <laughs> too late for that that battle i know so right? uh what uh, what industry brought you to la what like what kind of work did you if you don't mind well, me asking it's not a question no, no, i ask no. most artists no no i think i think it's a great question for artists because mm. there's no set path um really and i'm always really interested to hear about people's general work experience who you know yeah. are involved in the arts um well, when I was in San Francisco, you know, immediately after graduation, I just, I can't stay. I was employed part-time, but it's like, I can't stay part-time employed for more than like, I, I start to have anxiety. I get like freaked out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I knew really quickly, like this is oversaturated with the skill set I have to offer. So I need to kind of go back to my roots, which is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually when I came back to LA just because it seemed like there are more teaching opportunities here. Mm. Um, I got my certificate in uh, the test of English as a second language, which is like a, it's, it's a very specific type of skill you need to teach. It's like teaching the SAT. You have to kind of teach more strategy. You have to teach not just English as a second language, but also like test taking strategy. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad I actually t- took the training because the classes were, it's like, uh, I really empathize for any international student coming here. It's, it's pretty rigorous. Um, yeah. So yeah, I did that and then was working and teaching and teaching like, um, mostly adults is more like continuing education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who are trying to get into grad school, I, I tutor and, and help and actually ran into a lot of international students who were trying to get into to like uh, higher education and art, which was great. Um, so I was actually able to kind of give them insight into that as well. And it was really rewarding. Um, worked for, yeah, but you're a photographer, right? So you, uh, yeah. you've never worked commercially just out of curiosity. I mean, no, not I that I've it's done actually commercially. Yeah. No, no. I think it's, it's good. I mean, what, what else are you going to do with your skills in the meantime while you kind of, I don't know, to support your practice. I think commercial work yeah. is, is important and that's not something really you learn. It's something you kind of have to learn on the fly. So, Yeah. Or, I mean, I think, I think there may be project programs that are specific for it. Like I, th- I know that, um, yeah. I- I've had a couple artists on that have done like fashion photography and they're, mm-hmm. and then they transitioned mm-hmm. to becoming like full fledged artists, yeah. um, yeah. because they feel like it's a very white dominated area. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Um, yeah, yeah. 
really interesting actually working in the art industry after going to school for art and you kind of get a peek into it, like a glimpse into it whether you're, you know, pursuing your education, but then really getting into the industry, it's like, oh, this is kind of the same as any other industry in, in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. I worked at, um, a museum and a few galleries and oh yeah, kind of saw the other side of it, which was, I thought was fascinating. And I really enjoyed, um, you know, art preparation. I was a registrar for some time and, um, you know, putting shows together, really seeing the nitty gritty about exactly what needs to be done. Um, you know, archival work, things like that. And I think that type of education I didn't get at all when I was in school. So it was awesome that I was able to kind of, um, get into that after and like really see the full scope of, of how the industry runs and how it works and who collects and why do they collect and what is collectible and what's valued. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but definitely my passion is teaching. So yeah. Do you, do you ever follow uh, the Jerry Gagosian, uh, Instagram feed? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's to me, it's just interesting. That's like my exposure to my understanding of what's happening to the art world Mm -hmm. right now. What What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on like art world in quarantine? Oh man, I actually. (laughs) Are you doing a lot of gallery? No, no, I I transitioned out of working in a gallery to To, get back to teaching. Um, But I mean, you can still throw shade, right? No, for sure. (laughs) I know that's one of those things. It's like as bad as your experiences get, you're so hesitant to like say anything about it, <laughs> which is, you know, I think you know, it's a part of the problem. But, well, let's just say you're happy. Um, you're not, uh, you, you, are you teaching via zoom now? You're, you're happy. You're not like having to sell to, uh, co- collectors yeah. right now. Definitely. I think, um, that seems like a very it, tough hustle. Man, it must be really difficult right now. Yeah. I think it, it must be really hard, but at the same time, one of the things I would always tell my students, I had some high school students who were pursuing photography and I think that's so great that they're able to really get serious about it at such a young age. But, um, yeah, just telling them like, you don't, you know, there's the the world's changing rapidly. I mean, even this was before the quarantine, I was like, get yourself online a lot, you know, apply to a lot of different competitions, really put yourself out there yourself and kind of be as professional as you can be by yourself because then you have a choice, I think like in the, in the long term. but you know, so galleries absolutely are, are important. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, gosh, right now as well, I'm sure things are really changing a lot. There's a lot of, I've seen a lot of online exhibitions and, um, collaborative efforts and things like that. So I think that's, it's kind of one of the better things to happen out of all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's one of those things that like, what your professors always tell you is that it's not the same thing to see a picture of a piece than to see the actual piece. Yeah, but at true. the same time, it's not as bad as like if I, if we were all comedians and mm-hmm. with quarantine, oh, like yeah. you need an audience yeah, to yeah. like actively be there. At yeah. least even though you, so something's true. lost in translation, at least it still like mm-hmm. translates, um, no, you're, which you're is cool. You're absolutely right, I think. Yeah. So you, you live, sorry. I didn't even think about that being a comedian right now. Uh, I mean, this show is like. Any kind of entertainer or performer. Yeah. This show is basically like a ripoff of, of a bunch of comedy, comedy podcasts and no one can (laughs) tell because most of my guests are not like witty people. They're just thoughtful. Who do you you listen to? Uh, well, the, the most direct ripoff, this is a, a ripoff of the dollop. 
I don't know if you've ever heard oh, okay. that. I, I, have no, you, I haven't. Oh, I highly recommend it. It's very, uh, okay. it's, it's, it's two, uh, white guys, two comedians. I'll give you that heads up, but they basically <laughs> go through American history and one tells this, a story of American history to the other. And the other one is basically just horrified and reacting to like the horrible things <laughs> oh that have happened in history. It's a very fun uh, show though. It's, it's like, it's yeah, full I'm of sure a lot they of, unfortunately have a lot of content. To, yeah. to speak about. Yes. Oh, yeah, they've been doing this for a while. But yeah, that's like oh, yeah. the show is definitely the premise comes from that as creative as it as brilliant as it may seem. <laughs> it's it's I also just so. like if I if I'm going to have artists here and they're not used to like like I know what artists are good at talking about, you know, and mm-hmm. most of the time we're not good at talking about ourselves, myself included. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh it facilitates like getting to know a person. But um well, I, before I, I was, I mean, that's like literally the perfect point to transition into your topic, but I'm not going to do that just mm-hmm. yet. I wanted to ask you, like, where did you grow up? Are you, are you an LA native born and raised? Uh, or? Yeah. Born in a California native, born okay. in NorCal, raised in SoCal. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 What, I, uh, I love California. I'm so how happy long, to be here. <laughs> how long have you been in uh, SoCal? Like I moved from Northern California here when I was like really young, maybe six or seven. And then since then, you know, junior high school, high school, college, I went to Occidental College. So that's Eagle Rock. So I stayed in California and then um, lived in Japan for a couple of years and then uh, came back and went to SFAI. So kind of SFAI. went back to my roots. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do yeah. you know uh, Peter Max Lawrence? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that um, Do you know Laura there are a lot of Hyun people Ji I recognize as well. Sorry? Laura Hyunji Kim. I'm just trying to say all, all the people that I, I know from the, from that school. SF, I, I can't even say it. Yeah, yeah. SFAI, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so what is your topic? Uh, well, I mean, you saw, you saw my work. So I, I've done, um, I think in the past, a lot of... Uh, went from documentary photography to a little bit more abstract, um, conceptual photography, but. So yeah, you're talking I mean, about the, younger, the mm. stuff that on the website, that's like got a, a foreign title. Oh yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, um, I say foreign because I don't actually know, uh, which I can't like get to it right now. So <laughs> it actually came out more oh, racist no, than cool. I meant to. Is it Korean no, no. or is it Japanese? <laughs> no, it's Japanese. And it's okay. interesting you use the word foreign because, um, it's a guy koku no otom. Oh, uh, what is a guy koku no omoide? Yeah, guy koku no omoide. So it means um, like a, a foreigner or a foreign memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really battling trying to figure out if it's, it should be guy koku jin, which means like a foreigner's memory. But I thought that, you know, foreign memory is a little bit more specific. And I did it in Japanese because I think the word foreign is such a loaded word i think from an american perspective um well I, and in, in in english i think is such a loaded i'm gonna word, say so. it's actually pretty uh pretty loaded in italian too because oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> one, time, yeah, yeah, one time we were in, in this resort in the alps with my family i'm very bougie growing up just to give you a heads up but um the yeah. yeah it was nice but like there was a person like the one of the guests was tr- or one of the hosts was trying to uh translate 
the term foreigner and pointed at my dad and said, stranger. <laughs> stranger. <laughs> hey, that'll do it. And it is extrañero, <laughs> which <laughs> oh was fucking That's hilarious. So awesome about foreign language in general and learning foreign language is uh you can accomplish a lot with very little, but that just leaves so much room for interpretation. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what is the process? What is the process on these um these images in the I, I'm not gonna try to pronounce the uh the word that means foreigner. Oh yeah, that's one of the things. As as you were saying earlier, it's it's kind of harder for artists to speak about themselves. And my weakness has always been writing about my own work. So I, I do really owe that um that kind of selection. I need to actually write something about it, but um, when I was traveling, I was working in Japan, teaching English as a second language in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the opportunity to travel, um, a lot over Asia, Southeast Asia. And when I was, um, in college, I was a Asian studies major, which is kind of, it's, it's, we would say, we'd joke and say our, our major like doesn't exist because Asia is just like half the world. Like you can't say you're an Asian studies major. That means practically nothing. It's and like, it, it like, it's a big umbrella. Asia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge. It's too, too big to actually say you can major in it, you know, but, yeah. um, so that's kind of the healthy perspective I've always maintained when approaching like, you know, Asian studies is, is um, you're always going to be approaching this culture as a, as a Westerner. And, the, and there is a very much a difference in, um, you know, just, just thought, th- thinking about society and your roles in society. And you can't really deny that there is definitely a difference. Um, so mm-hmm. I was prepared when I was traveling there with that understanding that, okay, what I experienced isn't Japanese culture. It's, it's Japanese culture as experienced by me as an American, you know, so I'm going to maintain an open mind and like really try to see it, but also know that you're never going to approach, especially in Japan being a a homogeneous society. It's like, you're never going to approach the point of being not, and it sounds harsh to say, but like to be welcomed, like, and it's not to say that there's not hospitality or there's not like, there's even brotherly love for sure. I experienced that too, but, um, it's just yeah, but like of, any culture, I mean, it's it, 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 that's no, like saying right, that yeah. that people can like fully assimilate to being American. No, so it's a, right. you, you know, like even yeah. even even here we have enclaves. So like, I mean, I just felt mm-hmm. like you were maybe mm-hmm. feeling like you were saying something inappropriate, and I, I you totally were. No, 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 it's, no, it's all good. But that, I think that's also, especially with the way we communicate about these issues nowadays. Like, I, I've had a lot of experience in social justice and in mediation, and I think one of the best things to do is just speak with I statements and, and you can offend people if you need to, because that's the only way that conversations can happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I really enjoyed speaking to Japanese people about like, okay, this is my perspective as an American about your culture. And then sometimes that would lead into really interesting conversations and, um, a lot of misunderstandings, but also a lot of, um, commonalities. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. And so like, just being kind of upfront with it in the beginning, I think is really important. Um, but I think for me, especially being biracial, it was a really trippy experience because, and this is, it's like what I experienced in the United States growing up, but on like times a hundred when I went to Japan, which is total like ethnic ambiguity. And like people just, they don't even know how to approach you because especially in Japan, it's like, like when I was in high school and this is not, I think my high school students, they're fantastic. They were like the best part of my experience there. There's such amazing kids, so smart, so witty, hilarious, like, you know, all those things. But I think I, I literally had to explain to them what racism is. Cause it's, you know, yeah. growing up in a homogeneous society, it's like, well, no, you, you should not 
treat people and judge people differently based on the way they look. Like that's just something that, you know, coming in as an American, that's something where we always are, you know, um, surrounded by and we have to navigate ourselves. So, you know, just, and they were really respectful. And once we actually had those conversations, it was amazing. Like, you know, being able to, to discuss that type of thing with them. But, um, so that kind of, are you part Japanese when you say, when you say biracial? Okay. So you, my dad's black and my mom's white. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty straight up combo. All right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, no, I, know, I, I just I just do. wondered because, you know, for, for I mean, for the guests to have context, because I know. Oh, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. I no, obviously no know. And that, I think that's my problem, too, is, is it's a conversation I'm so used to having about myself or are people having about me that I yeah. just like tune it, tune it out. You know, so sometimes no, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll miss it. Uh, no, but, I mean, yeah, and, so, and I, maybe to some degree that's like a good thing or that you're not constantly thinking about it. Or feeling like you have to explain it or is that, is that, or to explain it to me? Yeah. It's like, um, I think the best way to explain it, because even amongst people who are mixed race, it's our experiences are totally different. You know, I Mm -hmm. think it depends on your family culture. It depends on, um, do you, you know, what, what your background is, of course. Um, so I think the best way to explain it would be to say, you're just in a perpetual state of otherness amongst Mm -hmm. everyone. So, being foreign in Japan and also being racially ambiguous in Japan was also like just that times a hundred being like the ultimate other, like there's no entry point. There's no, like people would think I'm French. They, you know, like sometimes, you know, if there's uh, someone at the train station who's practicing French, they come up and try to speak to me and I'd be like, Oh no, sorry. I'm American. Gene. I'm American. Um, yeah. so, you know, that was really an interesting experience. And I had students like after three months, finally ask me, is your hair real? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm light skinned, but you know, obviously yeah. I have black hair. And so I was like, yeah, you, you know, it is <laughs> like, there's a thing called being biracial and it happens. And <laughs> yeah. So, well, well, so that I think being that the foreign person traveling to those places that using Polaroid film, um, and so it is Polaroid. Objects. Okay. Yeah, they're they're all Polaroids, and this was actually, I think, I remember having a really distinct concept that Polaroid was going under at that time too. Like mm. I actually, what was it? Two thousand. It was in the late two thousand. So is this I can't pack remember. film? Two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Sorry. Is this pack film? Yeah, it was just no. It was just the instant instant film. Oh, it's just like instant I carry film. around okay. a little instant Polaroid camera. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I actually don't have a lot of Polaroid images of Cambodia because when I was in Cambodia, I was just giving them to people. Like everyone uh, really wanted a Polaroid. They want And that was a great point of entry for me. Cause I think in general, a camera is completely off putting to people, but if you can kind of hand them something like, Oh no, this is, it's an instant camera. You know, I, did, I wouldn't bring my digital camera, but yeah. um, it was great. It was like a really cool way to, to kind of introduce myself to people and then kind of, um, that's cool. Yeah, I've actually seen that. Um, I, I, uh, I knew a, a woman who came, who was like visiting from a, um, from England, and she was like, she had a uh, the same. It was the same experience where it was like she knew she was going to have a limited experience with people out here. I've seen I've seen mm-hmm. people like uh, like it's one one of those things about Polaroid cameras that you don't really think about, um, mm. but but it is it like I've seen that experience work where people are like oh yeah, yeah. you know and if yeah. you're a good photographer and you take to. a good picture of somebody you're actually yeah, exactly. doing them like a really nice service which is is like yeah. it's like leading with a gift it's cool yeah exactly yeah I love thinking that and especially I think that was one of the things I 
appreciated and enjoyed about Japanese culture is, you know, you, you don't go to anyone's house empty handed. And so yeah. it was just something that I continue to foster, I think. Um, but you know, my, my dad's, my dad's side of the family is from the South and my mom's side of the family is Midwestern. So I think there is that sense of like hospitality, but in Japan, it's just a little bit different. Um, but so with, when I took the Polaroids, I actually had them just as Polaroids for a long time. But in thinking about the experience, like I would show some of my work about, you know, my time traveling Asia. And I think, um, people's reactions to it, I think, and it's also my fault because, you know, you have to kind of be able to explain your experiences. You're otherwise you're not creating art. You have to have a discussion, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I you think mean in, in terms of, it, that. you mean in terms of like be, um, the work being effective in communicating what the work is supposed to exactly. communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, I think what I was trying to do was get other people's sense of what, what I'm showing them, but that's not, you know, that's not, um, a good place to be entering into a conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, looking at the work now, I was thinking, you know, or not now, but a few years ago, I was thinking, you know, those experiences are me as a foreigner in these places. It was just one moment in time. The memory fades, you know, quite literally, um, in this case too. So, um, my reaction to that was to peel, pull, pull it apart. So the, the image that's the digitized image is the, the positive of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause my, my experience going to those places is in the beginning kind of, you know, through a, a specific lens of my own upbringing as, um, you know, a Californian, an American, a Westerner. And then, you know, so the experiences themselves were kind of at arm's length already in a way. And then mm-hmm. from that, you know, you have to maintain this memory of a place you've never lived. So it's a temporary place that you have to kind of, you really want to cherish these moments and these memories, but especially because you're not familiar with the place, it's, it's much harder. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my reaction to that. And, um, can I ask you something? How do you feel about your memories of that place? And I mean, like, so I've been trying to, obviously it's really easy in life to just sort of dwell on the negative things that you've done. I think there's like a flight, fight or flight element to there. That's like, Hey, remember this is dangerous. Don't talk shit. hundred percent. That's that's, yeah. But, um, (laughs) but I've been trying to fight through that and like, try to remember like, you know, things that like, are oh, I'm, I'm also like 40, so I'm like going through a fucking thing, right? <laughs> so you may yeah. not, uh, You've been on this earth a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. But, um, but I'm saying like, just the idea of like remembering these things and then also knowing that your memories aren't perfect, right? And that mm-hmm. every time you remember yeah. it, you're, you're re-remembering it and maybe it's changing mm-hmm. a little bit. So like the more mm-hmm. you dip into these memories, the more they become muddied or they become inaccurate, but you're still attached mm-hmm. to them. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I think that like once uh, in a psychology class, I learned that like that when you access memories, you corrupt it. And that shit just yeah. fucked me up, especially. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can see that. I can understand that. They're yeah. precious. Yeah, They're yeah. gonna change if I think of it. So, yeah. like, if you're remembering something, you are corrupting it. And the less you remember something, like the less you think about something that's in your memory, the more accurate mm-hmm. of a representation it is, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I think also speaking as a photographer, that that is completely accurate and it's our desire to constantly capture what we're experiencing or what we're seeing or what we're seeing in our mind's eye or what we're seeing right in front of us is like this kind of, it's a practice of constant delusion. 
which mm-hmm. I think is so interesting. And, and, you know, as I said, um, when we were you know, DMing each other, my, the core of my artistic practice now is, is actually boxing and is martial arts. And oh, from really? there, like a lot has, yeah. And a lot has kind of come from that, but, um, can I just take a second like, to pat myself on the back yeah, yeah. that the first person that talks martial art on my show is a woman? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, did, it's, it's I mean, I, I, I I've had that. two white yeah. women talk yoga, so it's not like this is perfect, but <laughs> no, no. Hey, no, that's, I'm glad that we were able to speak to each other. I think, and it's interesting. I think in this, in the sphere of martial arts, my opinion isn't really one that's asked for. Mm-hmm. because yeah, it's definitely. a very male-dominated arena. So I, I'm really happy to be able to talk about it as well. Um, so how long have you been doing two, it? Sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you off. I just, I'm no, too no, excited. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so as a photographer, kind of going back to my martial arts practice, and especially boxing, like photography is just this constant practice in my mind of like creating a delusion that you can hold on to something that has passed. Like the moment mm-hmm. you take a photograph, even if it's digital, film, whatever, it's not it's never what it is in the first place. You know, we don't live moments in time. Yeah. We look at them as, as images and those images, you know, they're never real. Even if it's an image of reality, just for the fact that it's a moment in time, it's not real because that's not how we experience reality. So you're from I my think, school so. where, where, uh, there is no narrative in photography. I can see that argument completely. Um, I mean, you and need, that, you that need two, you need three, you, you need, yeah, you would need at least, you would need at least two. So that there's a beginning mm-hmm. and an end. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think you would mm-hmm. need three because you need a middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about. And it's something we are so used to, you know, especially now on social media, like just seeing images and images and, and images called stories. And almost, I think, yeah, yeah. Hey, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think in a way, my practice of photography, it's a, it's a intense and, and great practice. I'd say like over the scope of my life of dealing with photography, it's been a physical practice. I, I like shooting film. I like actually developing in the dark room, but it's such, it's like I was trying to avoid delusion, but I'm constantly practicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's, that's an interesting, I, I don't, I, yeah. I want to say, I understand what you mean by delusion. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. I think that that's a personal take and I appreciate it. I just want to say mm-hmm. like, and I, and I, and I totally understand it. I have a different relationship with photography, which is why I couldn't mm-hmm. photograph anymore, which was much more obsessive compulsive, but I, to- I totally get like, I think that as a, as a, it's like, it's such an immovable thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. And so, um, uh, you can't fucking make it things that it's not. And so yeah. I totally understand having a complicated relationship, but still loving it, mm-hmm. which is what, yeah, what I can absolutely. relate to on that. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. It is a complicated relationship and it is a relationship for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess when I say delusion, I, I, I should, um, and that's the thing too. No, I totally English understand. You don't need to clarify. Teacher. Now, yeah. now it, it is important. We have to kind of establish an understanding of words in order to actually have a, like a conversation on the same thing. So mm-hmm. for me, when I say delusion, I'm thinking kind of of the Buddhist practice concept of delusion, which is um, resistance to change and not living in the present moment. So yeah. to me, those, those two things are required for me to kind of experience anything that's beyond just... Um, you know, anything that's not a mundane experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, you know, you meditate cause you're trying to live in the present moment and, um, boxing for me allows me to do those two things 
in such an intense way that it's something I never experienced, even, even with other martial arts. Um, so I've, I've been studying martial arts since I was maybe 12 or 11. Um, mm-hmm. Which ones? And then I, so I started with just kind of the basics. My dad actually is um, a, a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo. So he kind of taught nice. me like growing up the basics of Taekwondo, but then I needed to kind of get the basics, basics, which is um, kind of karate, you know, like blocking, kicking, punching, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then I went to Muay Thai, which I thought was a lot more applicable in a real world world situation. Oh, actually, no, I went to Taekwondo and then to Muay Thai. Um, and I love Taekwondo. I think I was obsessed with Taekwondo in a similar way that I'm obsessed with boxing now, but Taekwondo is, is just, um, it's It's like being able to use your legs, like your arms. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's what's fun. Imagine. (laughs) Yeah. It's incredible when you meet like someone's like a grandmaster and they just like, could kick the ceiling like no problem it's like okay that one that <laughs> wow, one blows my mind level. and hapkido yeah. when you see a, a hapkido hapkido is awesome when you yeah. see someone just like flip people and they're, 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 yeah. they're like, like, you're wow, just like okay. whoa it looks so effortless because all they're doing is like yeah. twisting people's arms so that they're like they i give mm-hmm. i give i give and then their body flips it's just insane yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's true you your body will only take so much resistance until it completely gives in and it's almost yeah. like a yeah, it's like a, a reaction. It's, it's not like fucking magic. It's help. the closest thing to like yeah. uh, Shaolin <laughs> monks. Trick. <laughs> like, it's a magic trick. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Um, it's it's so the think, closest. Think, it's the most flying martial arts that I've seen, where like people literally fly <laughs> because. Have you seen uh, Have you seen judo? Like a like oh proper, judo. Like, yeah, Olympic they're kind of similar. Or, yeah. 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 It's ooh, yeah. Gravity. Gravity is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. They all yeah, lead to some um, level of like getting your ass knocked on the floor. Destruction, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So now, now, uh, so Muay Thai, Muay Thai, and now, now you're boxing. Well, I went from Muay Thai then to Jiu Jitsu. Okay. And Jiu Jitsu, I think that was kind of to me like the spark of this. Like to me, honestly, getting into boxing was like a, an enlightenment moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jiu Jitsu really kind of lit the flame. It was a uh, like you're studying martial arts, and then of course you want to apply them, and uh, you know either fortunately or unfortunately, like in a safe environment or not, you know, you apply them. Um, and I think you, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on, no, I'm going to stop yeah, you yeah. right there. Cause it just sounds yeah, yeah. like you gave someone a beat down. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said uh, that, yeah. no, you don't have to <laughs> confirm or deny. We can even just play it cool. And you're like, I'm not going to say nothing, but like straight up the way hey. you said that, like, I don't think even if you deny it now, it sounds like you've kicked someone ass because you needed to, not because you're an abuser. <laughs> no, ex- exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and I think it's, it's so interesting. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like growing up, being a female, learning martial arts and having that it's, it's for me, it's a family thing. It's a normal thing. Like my dad raised us to be like, no, this is what you do. And like, you have to learn to survive in the world. Like you learn martial arts. Um, I, you know, at first it was kind of like I had to twist my mom's arm into putting me into martial arts. But for that, from then on, it's like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I always, it's like, I constantly forget I'm a woman <laughs> like when I meet people and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But so, uh, so from my you, perspective, but, it was, but do you, you like, do identify as a woman though, just to be clear, because yes, we do. do, we have no, everybody you, on yeah. the show. I, okay. I, I just want to make yeah. clear. Um, Yeah. So I do identify as, as a woman. And, and um, if I ever need to talk about you, I it, it also helps to know about absolutely. your pronouns because I've recently yeah, run into no, that problem. It's, it's really important <laughs> and it's something that I think we should all be kind of just, just attentive of. And yeah. um, if that's not your – if you you know don't have that as your experience, I think 
it doesn't take much to just be conscientious. So yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, but, I'm not, I, yeah, I, I'm so, not perfect at it, but I'm, I'm definitely making it. No, me yeah, either. Yeah. No. Yeah. But that, and that's the thing too. It's, it's, I, I totally agree with the idea that if you are of a, a disenfranchised or minority group, it's not your task to educate every freaking person. Yeah. It's not your task to, to scream at every you know moment or protest every, you know, um, wrongdoing or injustice. It's, it's the responsibility of the entire community. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, but I also do feel like if I forget, it's such a great quote that I read and I told, I forget, you know, who oh, we boot your said quotes it, but all the time on this show. I know I'm, I'm the worst <laughs> at that. But the quote was, if you, if you are of the resistance, you don't have the privilege to say, I won't explain it. Like yeah. you, you must, because the moment you explain it, someone will be on your side. And I think that that really speaks to my experience in social justice too. It's like, let's speak from our own experiences because once you're face to face with someone and actually talking about your own existence and life, then it's really, really hard to continue to, you know, be hateful. And, um, and even if that moment, you know, if, if an offense is caused, we can discuss that, you know, like that's, you know, people, we all, we all only live in our own reality. Like my reality growing up as a female, um, and my family might be different than my brother's, you know, with his, his own identity being biracial. It, it seriously could be just like completely different. Not, well, even not, just, you know, obviously we grew up in the same family, but no, you know, but I'm, I mean, that's legit. World, that, no, that's a hundred percent legit. Even within the family though. Cause I think, yeah, I, I mean, I used yeah. to coach soccer and there was definitely a family where that they would make fun of the one kid or, or there was a sister who would make fun of her mm. brother saying that he was adopted because he was darker skin. Oh. So like that's shit mm, happens. Wow. That's like for real. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, anyway, going back to, going back to yeah. the, uh, the martial arts. Oh yeah. So, I, d- um, I don't want to sidetrack us. Cause I'm like, yo, no, you're no. talking about <laughs> fucking kicking ass and I'm at l- talking to someone who's kicked someone's ass low key. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Which yes, I have never and, done. I've only gotten into <laughs> fights where I knew it was going to get broken up by like a teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Those the guy the was like, ones, you know? that guy was that's, like, that's a good environment. You have some balls coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you no. had some balls coming <laughs> after me. I was like, no, nah, man. I just was like, I knew it was, you weren't going to get to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one thing I learned very early in mediation is. For the most part, I mean, I think I train amongst people who all of them are want to fight. But I think people in general don't want to fight. You know, it's yeah. it's not something that we want to have to do. And so if, if someone can be the voice of reason in a situation like safely and just say, hey, let's talk this down. I think that's and that's also what martial arts teaches you too. a lot of stuff. I think I've definitely like avoided or walked away from way more dangerous situations than I've like engaged in. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely a part of a big martial arts practices like understanding your own limits in a situation and understanding what's safe and what's not and um as a woman i think that's so vital um but of course you know how do you feel how do you feel do you feel like you feel more safe just because you know how to defend yourself than uh than the average woman or I'd, i'd have to say i would there are so many things in my life i wouldn't have been able to do literally if I didn't have that training. Oh, just, so just in terms of discipline, you're talking now, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess just in terms of like survivability, you know, in life Mm -hmm. and walking this earth as a female and, um, traveling alone, you know, that's something that I would never ever do if I didn't feel like I was able to physically defend myself. And I'm not saying like I'm Rambo or something, but, uh, at least I know what a dangerous situation looks like because you practice it. And, um, you know, you, you try to practice it as much as you can in a safe environment so that 
when it happens, you don't, there's no thought. You don't have to think about it. You recognize it immediately. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's something I think, man, I I think it should be kind of mandatory in, in any kind of educational setting, but, um, yeah, it it really changed my life. It shaped my life completely. Um, so, well, and your dad was a fifth degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was very serious about it. And for him too, it, it, it was a necessity. Like he, he grew up in the sixties as a young black man. And, you know, I see like the class roster, the photograph, there's his Korean grandmaster and just like all the students are black. Whoa. What part of town was this? What what Um, was the dojo? Do you know? First, the dojo or my dad's grandmaster first, I think opened his dojo in Virginia. And then he came to California in uh, Oakland. So obviously Oakland, you know, big black Panther movement and, you know, a lot of really socially, um, active people. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting for a a Japanese grandmaster also to, to have such a large black, uh, class base. Right. Cause like, yeah. And he, just to, just to be specific, he's Korean, like, uh, Taekwondo. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. It's a Korean martial art. I've heard you. So your dad's (laughs) in Taekwondo, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, it's um. At least I didn't call him Brazilian, because <laughs> he said jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for sure. Yeah, so my dad's black, but he um he trained in uh, in Taekwondo. So, um, yeah, and very seriously, that's like the old school hard style, like legit. Um, but yeah, so even from the beginning, I think now as a mature adult, I really do connect with the artistic side of martial arts, like completely. Uh-huh. I. I I see myself as an artist who has a boxing practice. Like okay. that's kind of where I enter it into. But, um, growing up, I did martial arts cause I had to, because it's something that in order to do the things I wanted to do, I had to be prepared to kind of enter into the world and navigate it. Um, that's fascinating. So that's just my perspective. And I think it is, I think what is interesting is I've had that perspective since I was really little. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, it's important, but I think for some people, maybe they don't think that, and I understand, I think, um, when you talk about violence, when you talk about moments where you have to engage in violence or sexual assault, it's hard to talk about. It's not something you want to, you know, for the most part, you don't brag about it. You don't talk about, you know, what, what you experience. but I think that a majority of women do experience it. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't really, you know, if, if you, don't have the privilege to know women deeply enough for them to tell you that. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and that's so, um, but then, so for me, it's, it's something that I think all, all women should know and have, have a, a, an ability and a, an awareness of. But, um, I think for, for me specifically, um, yeah. So once I kind of transitioned out of what, what was that? So I was doing jujitsu, sorry, kind of also sidetracking myself too. No, it's okay. That's um, a show. It happens. No, thank you. <laughs> Before you know uh, it, it's over. <laughs> know, and then yeah. I invite you back I mean, and we do it again some, sometime down the road. <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, so studying jujitsu kind of went from like for me. So in my mind, I went from Taekwondo, but we were doing Olympic style Taekwondo, which is way less hardcore. Like you don't kick with your heel like you kick, you know, nice, nice little taps. And mm-hmm. um, my dad taught me hard style. But, you know, so it was more like a sport for me. Yeah. Um, but then jujitsu is, is, is definitely a sport. It's an art for sure. It's, it's a physical engagement with something, someone that like such an intimacy that you've never experienced before. Like I had, I, I hate There's grappling. a lot of grappling, right? Like, 
yeah, it's, it's you, you take your opponent down and you submit them. Like you, yeah. you either get an arm lock or a leg lock or you choke them, um, until they are unconscious. So really they say that it's the gentle art, which I think is interesting because it's, it's probably one of the most brutal martial arts I've ever practiced. It's like, well, you're, you're practicing if you, killing each other. Like, you're, if you like, are fucking with someone that has jujitsu, you're fucked because yeah. they're just going to tighten. It's like, it's the, uh, if they get their hands on you. It's, uh, you're it's fucked. a slow, either a quick or a slow <laughs> process. They, to they're not going to expend a lot of energy. They're yeah. going to wait for you to tire yourself out while they hold mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. every single move you make, they're going to get tighter on you. Yeah. So you can't fuck it. And, you know, and that's just what I know from listening to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He always brags about how dangerous and, uh, <laughs> yeah, killer um, jiu-jitsu players are, yeah. But, um, yeah, what do you like his podcast? Because he's definitely one of the, like, I mean, it would be stupid of me to say that he's not relevant to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, he, he's so fucking, I think what he does is is admirable. Um, I think, I think yeah, you know, it's hard to be a good interviewer. It's hard to call your, and it's, you know, he interviews people who, who might be considered unsavory or, yeah. um, you know, Alex Jones and things like that. But I like Alex Jones, by the way. <laughs> do you like him as an entertainer? Is that, <laughs> cause I, I can mean, see that. I, <laughs> I look like, Oh my God. Alex, I don't think he should be, he should have been censored. I think that, you know, like I get, I, uh, I, I mean, I, this goes into a whole free speech thing and it's your episode, mm. so I don't want to take too long, no, no, but, yeah. but I don't think, I, I think that there's a lot of fascism that passes for liberal mindset uh, oh, right yeah. now. I, and, I understand that. And a hundred percent, I think that there is a lot of technocratic, um, you know, like when you start arguing for censorship and saying that it's a private company, I think that you're trying to have your cake and eat it too by being a Republican and yeah. a Democrat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, you're only being a fascist. And I think that people, yeah. when people think of fascists, they completely forget Italy. Absolutely. And like, and like they were neighbors. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. then there was Switzerland. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, so like all of that shit was shady as fuck, but like Italian fascism is very different. It's a lot, mm-hmm. it's a lot about law and order to, to mm-hmm. reign in the mafia. And mm-hmm. when you live in a society like that, where it's all organized crime, of course, you're going to cheer on fascism. And I think yeah. that, 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 that like what people forget is that fascism, no one ever is like, yeah, I'm going to be a fascist. I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are no, like outraged yeah. about things and then they mm-hmm. start censorship and then slowly, it's like jujitsu, slowly the fucking, yeah. they get in tighter <laughs> on you. choke you to death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think, um, we change the subject so hard. Don't have a sense of history, and that's unfortunate. And yeah. also, we don't have a sense of what words mean. Because um, yeah. again, when you say fascist, it, it can mean a lot of different things, as you said. And I think the the thing it immediately calls to mind is a Nazi, which you know, I understandably. Um, yeah. But again, like I I don't really enjoy having discussions with people about feminism because I don't think fem- people have literally ever opened a dictionary to read the definition of feminism. I mean, it's like I- you. You think I'm talking about something that's totally not what I'm talking about because I'm talking about civil rights, like, like rights for women. Like I, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. The ability to have a job, the ability to choose if you want to have children or not. 
Like that's what feminism is to me, the right to vote. But in fairness, in fairness to the, so like we're on like wave number four. I know. Right. (laughs) And I, and I literally, before this interview, I was uh, editing an episode where uh, Andre Terrell Jackson, who is non-binary was saying that like, yeah, maybe we don't need a fourth version of this. Right. And then the other thing that I'd like to remind everybody about feminism, especially because there's like, a lot of shady feminism <laughs> right, know, now, yeah, right yeah. now. And I know you know that, but that like mm-hmm. th- the suffragettes didn't mm-hmm. want the black, uh, uh, didn't want black women to vote. Oh, I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, we're getting, oh yeah. I'm like, I don't but let's, uh, martial arts, martial <laughs> yeah. arts. How, how can so, we f- fight so, everybody with martial arts? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, it's relevant to martial arts too, because I, I've interacted and met women who are like, in martial arts who are literally professional fighters who say they're not feminists. And I think that's hilarious. It's like, you're a professional fighter as a female and you say, you're not a feminist. It's like, let's open a dictionary right now. Yeah. Okay. Feminism is because uh, unless we have a a common understanding of the words we're using and what they mean, then we're going to be totally like left in the dark. Like I, I don't know. There's always, there's always like a concerted effort to do that on purpose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And that's, and that's also why it's just so irritating. (laughs) I mean, I think that's literally why those women say that because they've had it conflated for them and and they think it represents something. And you know, it represents a lot of different women, unfortunately that, uh, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, I I get it too. Like, like for example, the, the woman with the bird watcher guy, Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. I I one hundred percent guarantee. I've said this on the show before, but I just love to say it. It's like that woman one hundred percent has said, "I don't know what it's like to be a black woman." That woman one hundred percent listens to NPR. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe. Yeah, I, I would. I would actually love to have a conversation with her. <laughs> like, I just don't get it at all. Like, oh girl. Yeah. Um, and I'm. I think I tend to kind of throw martial arts in as like a not like a oh i'd love for you to throw throw only that but (laughs) but i think if if we if if the martial arts if if this idea of um a way to practice defending yourself from violence if that was something that we commonly did i i think a lot of issues would be mitigated in a lot of different ways like even the way we deal with police um even if the way we deal with each other and the police it's like Again, I'm not, I'm not freaking Rambo over here. I'm not, you know, um, I don't, I don't own a gun at the moment, <laughs> but I heard something going down in my next door neighbor's apartment. And I was just like, holy shit, like what is going on over there? And I literally got a weapon and walked over there. Like, yeah. cause I didn't know what, you know, I, lo- I was trying to look in the windows. I was trying to figure it out. I knocked on his door and I did end up, like, I eventually actually have to call the police, but it's like, at least there's an attempt, you know, on my part to like, I don't want to, you know, I don't know what's going on over there. It's, it's like domestic situations are unfortunately some of the worst, um, you know, things that police can get involved with. But, you know, it's like before, why don't you speak to somebody and then, and, and speak to somebody without this panic, you know, <laughs> like of, of this fear of an escalation of a confrontation. I think, you I know, think I think in, the, me, mm-hmm. in in a lot of cases, as as a as a man who it, it deals with women that are white, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I think it is more of a 
way of asserting some power in a world where people feel powerless. Like, for example, sure. I've had yeah. I've had women who've been on this show mm. decide that they don't want the episode to come out and then mm. threaten me with their clout if I put it mm. out. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to put it out because I don't want to work with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it, it, it's not going to twist it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, not because I'm scared. I mean, it is because yeah. I'm scared of you, but it's not because of the threat. It's <laughs> yeah. because of the threat, but it's because of what the threat says about you that I don't want to be yeah. associated. M- mostly because when your shit comes crashing down, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I knew Around. Epstein. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's, I completely understand that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so, so I think, you know, obviously martial arts isn't a solution to everything, but, um, and I think also when we talk about police brutality, a lot of conversations started happening in my sphere about jujitsu and like the, you know, police should train in jujitsu and it's, you know, if they, if if only they would know, you know, how proper technique works, but, you know, I think a majority, I'd say honestly, 80, 85 percent of the people I've met in all martial arts have been good people. They've been like really cool. They've uh-huh. been like, you know, not, not totally obsessed with power like or whatever, but you meet some of these people that you're like, you're a danger to society. Like you shouldn't be here. But you know, oftentimes those people get kicked out. They'll, you'll get kicked yeah. out of a gym. Like, you know, gyms won't tolerate that type of unsafe behavior, but, um, you know, it's, it's not probably not the solution to everybody, especially if you force them to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting, but I think if anything at least it would kind of allow us to feel like we could interact with each other without this sense of irrational fear and panic. Um actually one of my favorite books and one of my favorite books to actually gift to people is this book called The Gift of Fear, and it's by um a criminologist his name is Gavin De Becker, and hands down male female especially if you're a woman, but anyone should read this book. It's it's it, I'd say that book changed my life. It's probably saved my life in, in numerous situations mm-hmm. because he just discusses the difference between a paranoid fear and intuition. So and intuition the gift of is fear? a very real thing. Yeah. It's a gift of fear. Like if you feel fear in an intuitive sense, that's a gift. You should listen to it. You should, you know, you should, um, understand what your, your body and your, what you're, you're telling yourself because, you know, we, we operate vehicles on a freeway going 90 miles an hour and you don't think you can like intuit what someone's going to do. We do it all the time and yeah. everything that we do moving throughout space, um, you know, entering into discussion with someone, you kind of are trying to intuit what, what that's going to be like. So why can't you do it with violence? You know, why, why is it people, I think it's less common now, but you know, if a school shooting happens or a work workplace violence occurs, it's like, Oh, it's came out of nowhere. It's like, no, it, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It never comes out of nowhere. There's, oh, absolutely. There's yeah. signs. There are things that you can actually see and identify. There are, there are real red flags that you should be aware of, you know, so that will help you avoid that type of situation. So, well, um, I think that that actually goes what you, the way that you said that just triggered a thought in my mind, which is that mm-hmm. like, you know, the police is entirely inadequate to deal with fucking uh, mass shooters. Right. Because yeah, yeah. of the of the in kind of the kind of investigative work that's involved. That's more of like I, I mean, this is my ignorant ass just saying who should be doing it. But it sounds more like social work to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, maybe it's not. I don't know. But definitely I don't want people with mental health issues uh, being shot because yeah, yeah. and and. And yeah, you can say that these people are acting out violently and all of that, but 
you know, we have since the fucking Reagan era and not that the sanatoriums for mental health were, were great places or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but we used to have services for people. That's what the fucking Joker, which became a politicized movie was literally about. I've just, I had this conversation with someone literally like yesterday. Really? Like, you know, we, we actually used to have federal funding for mental institutions. And again, as you said, it's, it's not like they were the bastions of health and wellness, but, um, And you could fucking just like, uh, what's condemn people into there? Like there, there's some, you know, Arkham Asylum is based on that. Okay. (laughs) Man, I bet, I bet that rabbit hole gets really deep. Like, you know, I, I saw your, your, uh, Instagram story the other day and I was like, Oh boy, should we start? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, like it's, it's to me, it's just such an easy thing to, Look, there's definitely some very important things to discuss about about comic book characters and whatnot, and there's a long fucking history of it. But to mm-hmm. say that a thing that's come into promise, prominence for the last 10 years is responsible, like, bro, Miami Vice, there, like, there's so mm-hmm. many fucking decades and decades and decades of things that the person was discussing, which, like, it was, her problem was just with Hollywood movies, right? Mm-hmm. And I also don't mm-hmm. want to give her too much play it was just mm-hmm. like bro like superman yeah. was in was created by two jews during mm-hmm. the fucking holocaust yeah, yeah. so yeah. shut the fuck oh, up oh, oh, oh. you know yeah. like and then and then it was this thing where it was like you know let's go after the person that came up with the okay symbol because it's been appropriated now Mm-hmm, right like mm-hmm. fuck that person that person is evil <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know whereas yeah, like let's slow down yeah <laughs> where yeah, it's like yeah. yo the punisher is it like it's like what we're gonna start censoring literature literature they've been wanting mm-hmm. to do that since the joker right like yeah, so now yeah. so now the problem with the joke like batman she mentions batman in the article she mentions wonder woman she meant it's it was just like it was a karen article if you want to oh, really talk gosh. about the problems with uh with comic book characters yeah they are fascists <laughs> they, are, they are legit crypto fascists <laughs> but that's oh, not man. what the article was about right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. right and right and you know and it was selective because there's like there are there's literally a show right now where um there's a non-binary street named Danny the Street and it's like it's a TV show that's on now i'm watching it like i'm I, as soon as we stop recording this episode i'm going to watch the next episode of doom patrol and so it was just so selective I heard about it. it was it was just such a way of like throwing shade at like white comic book nerds and i was like nah mm-hmm. and then the problem is that when i defended it like i went on youtube and like there's a lot of right wingers saying the same saying the same shit but then taking it as um, i was but then taking mm-hmm. it like one step further mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm like no 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 no. there is definitely a progressive argument against that article and i think i made it when i basically called them out for all the other shit that they do like post the like it was about time and so instead of continuing to talk about their article on comics, I was just like, you know what? They talk about slave trade, but don't say how slave trade happened in Libya. I think that's a problem, you know? Yeah, no, I see that. Absolutely. So, I, mean, I think it's a harder conversation for people to have, so they'd rather not have it. And it's unfortunate. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, um, 
it's Karenism is, is essentially yeah. what it is to just be like, yeah. oh, the punish, like basically that woman, all she did was she didn't even watch the Punisher TV show, which is like, mm-hmm. I'm anti- sure she didn't, yeah. did you, have you watched it? I've I read a lot of the other Punisher comic books. Okay. I'm actually a big comic book nerd. So <gasps> yeah. Dude, um, we are I'm going not, to have not, to. Not like all deep in the history and stuff, but I read the crap out of all that stuff when I was, I was younger. It's like such a. I want to watch I'm, a USC fight. I'm pretty resistant fight. to those movies because it's like I have such a precious like memory and iconography and mythology in my own head that I don't want to like mess with any <laughs> of the movies. I'm just like, no, just leave it. Will okay. you Will you watch a, a UFC fight with me? So that I, I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd cool. Love to. Cause, cause yeah. N- like, uh, I'm just, I just don't have enough testosterone guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like you yeah. could kick my ass, but I wouldn't feel threatened. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so interesting. Like, I mean, to me, it's obviously issues, you know, between binary groups, like male and female in a martial arts gym or in a, in a sphere like that, they come up, but there's such so much deeper conversations to have about the nature of violence and violence as communication. And to me, that's just so much more interesting. So it's like, I don't know. I, I love watching those types of things. Um, I, I used Mm. to watch a lot of, I mean, I still do. I watch a lot of mixed martial arts. Um, but for me, like as an artist and as a martial artist, I think boxing is really where my heart is. And are you, uh, uh, what's his name? The the best pugilist in the world, what he calls himself, Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> that's his name. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I, so without without him too, being again. problematic, but you like his boxing style. Yeah, again, it's it's funny because I was immediately about to talk about how problematic he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floyd Mayweather Mayweather is is amazing. Like he's As just hands down like someone who is just a prodigy. And yeah. when you kind of participate in the action and and learn the technique and practice the technique and. Um, develop your own style eventually it's you really begin to see that and when you look at when i, I mean when i've turned on the tv and watch boxers like you know jorge linares um lomachenko you know we can name so many different uh, terence crawford they're artists they're absolutely artists they're mm. artists who deal with extremely dangerous performance you know and it's yeah it's a fight of life and death it literally is a fight of life and death but there's also so many things playing out in a fight. You know, the first three rounds are different than the next three rounds. And, um, you just see how a fight progresses, how the people have, how the breathing changes, how, you know, their stamina changes, if it changes, um, how, what kind of techniques does someone employ to kind of reinforce their strategy in order to lead to success of winning? Um, I also want to watch one with you because, yeah. Um, you know about this stuff as opposed to like the meathead soccer coaches that I have watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just stand up. Just stand up. <laughs> just talking mad yeah. garbage. <laughs> yep. Oh, I could take him. I could totally take him. How, uh, what is he? Five, three? I could totally take him. Like, no, that little dude would smoke you like so Oh, quick. my God. The little dude in the corner that's asking for money would smoke me. I'm so soft. Oh, was a Henry yeah. Cejudo? <laughs> No, he would I, wreck like oh man it's scary have you uh but, did you did you hear there was a clip of uh of like joe rogan just having his mind blown talking to i forget who the female fighter was but she was she was saying that like like he was listening to her and, and he was just like wow because she was saying that um she can't 
fucking deal with like split decisions or like or just just decisions mm-hmm. where where the bell rings and and there's no knockout because she mm-hmm. doesn't know who would get the bone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? She's like she wants to know if it came down to it and I we were fighting for a scrap of food yeah, yeah. who would get yeah, yeah. the fucking bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know, it's, oh it's my so God. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it you, seems you like you're into you, that. You got that. You yeah. got a little bit of that in you. I'm picking up on it. I like it. Well, I think so. I mean, again, it's 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 a performance. And once you put it in a ring, once you have a context, again, like everyone everyone makes freaking art. You know, you put art on your fridge. Your kids make art. You throw it up. You know, but once you make artwork that is shown in a museum, and you know, it's a curated experience. It's something that is presented to you within a specific context then, you know, it changes. So I I totally understand the sentiment, but it's not a fight to the death. That's not the point. No, I know. (laughs) The point point is, but no, but it's, I think as a fighter, you, I remember when I had, for the most part, I mean, my goal as a martial artist is to become a good sparring partner for professionals. Like that's, that's a level I'm reaching for. And and that's a really high level. Yeah. 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 Um, cause I'm too old to freaking compete. That's, that's, that's that's way, way past me. Um, So there's part of you that wishes that you had, Definitely. Yeah. I think, oh, you're, you're you know my what? most gangster female friend, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, Yo, if yeah, I need help, if yeah. I need security for an event, bro. hundred <laughs> percent. Give me a call. I love, we live in LA. So yeah, I'll jump in my car, you know? <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, I so, love being the weak one in this relationship. <laughs> it's empowering. It's, I mean, that's interesting in itself too. It's like, and I think about that sometimes too, like growing up, how I went about dating or how I went about interacting with the male, you know, group. Um, I think it's definitely driven by this understanding. And I think, um, it's important. Um, it's something what, I can't even imagine my life without it, but what but yeah, kind of guys would you go after? Or like Sorry? weaker guys or stronger guys? Oh, wait. Hello? Sorry. Hello? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think uh, my earbud just died out. to put it back on. Oh, now I can hear you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so like, so, so do, you, do you, do you date like ass kickers or do you date guys no. whose ass you could kick? <laughs> I probably, <laughs> it's funny when you put it like that i ask uh, the hard-hitting <laughs> questions on this show <laughs> well, well, people want to fucking know <laughs> yeah man um i mean that is a conversation itself too i remember having the, a really good conversation with someone when that ray rice video came out it was like uh, well he just clobbered his fiance or yeah, um, yeah, yeah. wife in that elevator and dragged her out of it was just like a really i think it was the first time a lot of people have seen that type of violence against a woman on, you know, fortunately, um, I'd, I don't think I, a lot of people actually witnessed that type of thing, but yeah. So in my conversation with someone, I said, you know, I've, I have been in a relationship, the person who has more power in the situation. And I think, I mean, once you kind of start talking to people about being a female and having fighting ability, a lot of people immediately want to just brush it off. Like, Oh, well you, I'm any man, like any man could beat you. And yeah. it's just so funny. Cause it's just like, Oh, you have no fucking idea. Like, <laughs> that is so not true. That's, and it's just, you know, and, and I think for me, I used to get really offended hearing that because, and I, when someone would say that, I would literally be like, let's go fight. Like, let's let's literally, it's, and it's not to say like, a threat or like, Oh, I'm going to kill you. Not like that. So no, let's literally get in a ring and put some gloves on and let's fight. Cause 
there's no other way to kind of show you that what you're saying is completely inaccurate. And so, you know, and I think that again, it's like, I have this familiarity with that type of interaction and conversation to me. I think like a fight is a conversation. So it's like, okay, let's have this conversation for real. Like if that's really what you think, like I would love to like, cause getting beaten isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, um, if I beat you, that doesn't mean that, you know, I won't beat you tomorrow or I could beat you tomorrow whatever. It's like, but if you're, com- if you're coming into this conversation as saying like, as a man, you can beat any female who's even trained. It's like, you're tripping. Like, and that's usually people who haven't studied martial arts, but that's kind of beside the point. But can I know, tell I'm you so- how I handle those situations? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? If someone tells me that they think they could kick my ass, I'm like, you're thinking that you about kicking my ass. <laughs> like, like, wait maybe. <laughs> why is that even in your mind? Oh, let yeah, me fucking that. get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm gonna respond to that and get in your car. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you, do you, uh, we're, we're sorry, we're like over an hour, and oh, I, I, I yeah, try yeah. to no no no, it's fine. I try to keep them a little bit over, but just tight enough, and I definitely yeah, want yeah. you back on the show but do you have any uh, closing thoughts or did you have a thought that you were finishing up i'm sorry oh no no i think um we really uh i could I talk about this forever but yeah yeah no um, and i'll have yeah, you so back just, on because oh, i just <laughs> I, i'm gonna like m- maybe watch some fights and then have something to talk oh, yeah. to you about it <laughs> so i mean for me it's i think the the core of saying that my the core of my practice is a boxing specific practice is that it does reinforce those notions for me that the i the, the actual living in the present moment you live second to second in a fight um Mm -hmm. you you have to really be engaged with each moment and each moment changes and not being resistant to change just kind of adjusting your technique even the idea of practice itself i think is you know like i I took um i was in the ma thesis class and one of the things i learned is like how do you discuss theory through specific objects like you know so when i was telling you at I was listening to your atomic age stuff. Like my, my thesis was about the atomization of, of Japan and what it does and how people mm. express, you know, like the sur- surviving that experience, that experience in itself, the abject horror of that experience and things like that. So, you know, you discuss it through specific photographers. I discussed it through, um, a photographer named Yosuke Yamahata, um, and mm. also a manga artist named uh, Yoshihiro Tatsumi. So, you know, so the object that I'm using to kind of discuss this, thing about art making in life is boxing and boxing has really kind of opened that up for me and shown me like, no, this is how you actually do have an artistic practice. It's a sweet science. There's a the science of it is the constant rigorous practice so that you don't have to think so that Mm. producing art, producing like, you know, succeeding in a fight, it's not something you think about. You've just trained yourself to the point where you can communicate the way you want to communicate. Um, so have you ever punched a photograph in the face then? (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a jerk no, but, that's, okay. but that's also my challenge right now is like okay how do how do i think violence is something people are hesitant to kind of enter into as a conversation so how mm. do i kind of how do i create visual art around this this topic because to me this is like such a life and death like vital thing yeah um but how do you kind of allow people to enter into that conversation without feeling i don't know like you understand what I'm saying. It's like, well, I just, I've, I've never had, uh, a guest that is, that has spoken so much about violence as a, uh, it's a multifaceted thing that is not just simply, and it's, and it's amazing to hear that, especially right now. Right. Because 
Yeah. We have, we're actually in this weird space where it's like police violence is still okay by the media, but then everybody else is an asshole because yeah. they're using mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation. I definitely, yeah, I mean, is. obviously I definitely want to have you back on and it looks like Thanks. the schedule for that is going to be a little quicker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. I, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I think your, your podcast is awesome. And thank you so much. Such a good idea. And I'm a patron now. So, you know, Oh, is that you up. that you're the patron? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I, me- I message like, oh, you today? Yeah. <laughs> did oh, you get I my message? I, I messaged you. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Dude, I, I, love, I think that's such a great, like, you know, avenue to go through is getting Patreon membership and stuff. Like it's awesome. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the, uh, then uh, what's it called? Then you're going to be making content for yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, right? <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I no, am uh, very honored that you're, uh, that you're supporting the show. Uh, no, I, I think that yeah. there's, there's no bigger endorsement <laughs> than someone <laughs> saying like, on, Hey, down, what okay. you're doing is worth yeah. something. So yeah, fuck, I'll man. pay you for this shit. Yeah, totally. Wow. I'm, yeah. I don't even know what to say. Uh, that's the point you know that's 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 the point now too it's like you know you have freaking what jeff bozos how the fuck you know say his name trillionaire and it's like what you can't kick five bucks ten bucks to your homie like you know well thank you so much fuck man i don't i I, I mean are we gonna have a bigger reveal are you my daughter no (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's disrespectful to your taekwondo dad Um, yeah, but thank you for, for the chance to talk to you. I really appreciate oh, it's, it. it's my absolute honor. And, uh, I have I, more questions for you too. So I'd love to. Yeah. Well, to well definitely. Yeah. I mean, cool. unfortunately it's an hour because otherwise I wouldn't have enough time to You'd like, talking like three hours from now. <laughs> it's like, I for actually sure. have to you go back and listen shit. to yeah. this. Yeah. yeah I feel you. <laughs> I but, you. uh, but yeah, I'll definitely have you back on. Thank you so much. Okay, and cool. thank you thank so you. much for your support. I really, no, really, I it means it. so much to me. It, uh, I was having a bad day yesterday and, uh, and, uh, and I didn't even realize that it was you who made it better. Oh, good. And I rescheduled you. What an asshole. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm, I'm flexible. Fortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be able to be flexible. So yeah. awesome. Well, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, I'll have you on again soon. It was an cool. absolute pleasure. I'm so excited that you talked about martial arts because that fucking oh, kicks yeah. ass. I like. Yeah. I, I, I just love world, man. I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I might. Yeah. I, I. I just picture. I remember that my. Uh, that my friend was like taking boxing lessons and then we played a boxing video game and he was <laughs> kicking our ass because they because the game had the like mechanics of like you know how like i don't know what it's called know what this is. you know like you you know that how that they like the dodges it's like pe- the boxer mm-hmm. sits in their hips and then like their mm-hmm, torso mm-hmm. is what moves and does yeah, a lot of the movement in. yeah yeah like he yeah, was yeah. fucking nailing that on the, the mechanics of that on the video game and i was like oh you bastard I'm, now i can't hell? play against you <laughs> yeah, it, it opens your mind to stuff that's like really interesting it's a pandora's box for sure so I'd awesome talk about it well thank yeah. you so much I, and no, uh, i look forward to talking to you again sounds good all right hit me up anytime all right bye-bye all right bye Uh.